is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Khalil Abadin. Khalil, thank you for joining us tonight on Rising Tide. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. It is such a pleasure to be here. Well, I, I appreciate you reaching out uh, on, the, on the website, and, and when I saw your bio, I thought, I don't even have to look very far into this one. We've got to have her on the show. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm okay. I don't want to hold out on our listeners anymore. So tell us a little bit about Khalila Baden and, and make sure you hit the big high notes there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Uh, so hello, everyone. Hello, listeners. My name is Khalila Baden. I'm a medical doctor and I'm a business coach for ambitious, introverted millennial women. Um, I specialize in helping these women grow their online coaching business to four and five figure months and create their freedom lifestyle, whatever that may look like to them, whether that's traveling the globe or taking three-day weekends every weekend. Well, I, I don't know if anybody else picked up on it, but you hear just kind of whiz on by the fact I'm a doctor, I'm a this, I'm a this. It's like, <laughs> I mean, you left out uh, like nuclear physicist and astronaut, I think are the only two things you didn't list. So that is, that's amazing. So I, I'm really, I, I kind of want to drill down a little bit more on, on your personal life, kind of, you know, where you grow up, where you're calling from, uh, where you grew up, that, that type of thing. And then, then I'll, I have a follow-up questions, but I want to, want to drill down a little bit more about kind of the pathway that, that, you know, that led you into medicine and, and beyond. Yeah. Um, so I actually, I was born in Canada. I spent quite a number of years there. Uh, and then my family moved to the Cayman Islands, and that's where I kind of grew up. It's where I consider home. Uh, and then I also lived in Ireland. It's where I met my husband. He's Irish. Uh, and then we eventually moved back here to Cayman. So calling in from Cayman today. And um, it was, I mean, it's, it's, and I guess that's with everyone. It's, it's a convoluted, it's never a straight A to B from, sure. you know, <laughs> your beginning to, to where you are now. And, um, you know, I spent most of my life, I automatically assumed that I would be a doctor and I would go to medical school. Um, and so that's what ended up happening. And I'm halfway through medical school and uh, it hits me that uh, this is not a good fit. Like, I do not want to be a doctor for the rest of my life. Mm. And I don't know if any of your listeners, you know, if they've gone through the same thing in university, Kevin, but that is a pretty scary realization. Sure, it is. <laughs> and it's even, yeah, it's multiplied when you're in law school or medical school, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, 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 it definitely was a scary thought. It was a very uncertain time in my life. Um, I was fortunate enough to have family that they, you know, they really supported me. Um, and so I did end up finishing medical school um, and I knew it wasn't uh, what I wanted to do, but I still went to work as a doctor. Um, and I went to go to work as a doctor because I was, I didn't have the courage to leave medicine at the mm. time. Like it, um, Medicine, is, it's sort of like a vocation. Like, you know, once you're in it, people expect you to, you know, stay in it for the rest Absolutely, of the Absolutely, yeah. And, um, and it was really interesting because I gave my power to other people. I really put a lot of emphasis on what other people thought my life should look like. Mm -hmm. um, and if any of your listeners are like sort of like the type A people pleaser people, you could understand that, you know, you've, you've gone your whole life, do, you know, going this the straight path and then you want to like swerve and do a whole 180 degree turn and you're like what the heck and everyone else is like what the heck 
<laughs> so um, I was there, and you know, as I'm as I'm working, and uh, it was it was fun working as a doctor, but I knew it wasn't a good fit. And and I was I really admired my medical colleagues who loved what they were doing. Like mm, they sure. couldn't wait to get back to the hospital or back to the clinic to go see their patients, to go do surgery, to go listen to the latest heart murmur. Like they, they, they got so much joy from it. And I realized like, I wasn't, I wasn't getting that. Like something was going on and I wasn't getting that. And um, I also saw a lot of my colleagues, unfortunately, very burnt out, very frustrated with the yeah. system. Uh, and and they thought that that was the only life for them. Like we've all spent years getting into medicine, like dedicating our life to this. So they're like, I'm stuck and this is it. And that is also something that that's really scary to see as well. Mm -hmm. and, it, and, and it's not how I wanted to live my life. So, you know, at, at some point we all hit that proverbial wall and sure. I'm like, this is it. And I handed in my resignation and I left medicine, put down my stethoscope, and I took a year off and had no idea what I was doing. With so where were you living at the time? Were you in the islands at the time? Uh, I was in Ireland at the time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was living wow. with my then boyfriend, husband now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was a physiotherapist. He is a physiotherapist. So he was working away. I was working away. You know, you look like this great power couple and you're like, oh, no, I quit medicine. Like, what is going on there? And, um, <laughs> You know, it was, it was such a, it was, you know, like when you're going a thousand miles an hour and then you just suddenly stop, it's like the whole world is just sort of keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it takes you a while to kind of find your feet again. And that's, that's what I took. I took some time off just to like find myself, whatever that means. Right. Um, right. I'd, I'd spent so many years immersed in science, immersed in medicine. I just wanted to explore like what else was out there. Yeah. So, so take me back to say undergraduate um, and, you know, maybe pre-medical school. Was there any, any indication, any inclination that you were, that you were kind of on the wrong trajectory for a while or were there, was there anything else that was, was maybe of interest to you? Did you take a, a business class? Did you take a, you know, a law class or economics or something that would have kind of triggered this kind of entrepreneurial spirit in you it's somewhere along like, I mean, you look back after the fact and, and say, yeah, now I, re I recognize that when I sold lemonade as a kid, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I re that's when it really started. I didn't realize it. Yeah. That's so funny you said that, uh, Kevin, because I actually wrote um, a piece of content recently about that. Like I did not have any entrepreneurial background. Um, I wasn't like hustling a startup in my dorm room. Like I was literally just studying for medical yeah. exams. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is a really interesting question. And actually the, the thing is I did medical school in Ireland, in Dublin, and they have a little bit of a different system than the North American system. So North American system, you do like your four-year undergrad. Sure. Um, then you do MCAT, get into four years. Right. So in Ireland, they have, you go directly from high school to like one year of this intense pre-med and then a five-year medical degree. Okay. So I went straight from high school into pre-med into medicine. Um, so it was, because it's like so condensed, there isn't really as much of an opportunity to explore any other like minors that you want to do with Right, exactly. Yeah. And it's similar like to the UK. I mean, the UK education system was very similar and, and France was very similar to that as well. So 
Now, but when did you go from Toronto or from, from Canada to Ireland? Uh, I, good question. So I was, I was living in uh, Toronto when I was a kid. I moved to the Cayman Islands when I was eight. Um, did, you know, finished off elementary school, middle school, high school here. Um, funnily enough, not funnily enough, I mean, tragedy with enough time becomes comedy. But, um, you know, a hurricane hit the Cayman Islands in my last year of high school. So I actually moved back up to Canada, finished out my high school year there, and then moved to Ireland directly from Canada at the time. Was that, I mean, that's not a normal path for, a, for say, a kid in the States. I mean, was it more of a normal path from someone from Canada to go to Ireland or go to the UK to study? Or was this, was this really outside? I mean, you, you were the only person in your school that, you know, went to school outside of Canada. Or maybe, maybe you would dip down into Michigan or something like that, you know, or, you know if you were really brave. But, so how did, how did the, was it Trinity? I mean, where did you go to school in, in yeah. Ireland? Good, good question. Actually, I, I chose Ireland as my first choice because the college I went to, the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland, my aunt and uncle went there way back. Wow. So it was sort of like somewhere I always wanted to go. I mean, I had back universities that I applied to in Canada, but mm -hmm. like Ireland was, was my first choice. That was your first choice. Yeah. Wow. So you end up 18, 19 years old, crossing the pond, doing your first year pre-med, and then, then you get into the medical school, you graduate. How long did you practice medicine in Ireland? A very short time. I did not complete my intern year. It was one of those years that you're just like, this is not going to work. This is not what I want to do with my life. It is something like, you know, when your soul is like screaming at you, like this yeah. is not the path to take. And you yeah. just kind of suppress that. Sure. Because you know? <laughs> you're like, this is the path everyone else has taken. We're going we're gonna to plow forward. And eventually, uh, the soul gets its way, like, and, and it would be a lot less, um, you know, pain and suffering if you listen to it in the first place. <laughs> but, um, but, but it is as it is, the journey is as it is. Uh, and if I look back, I'm not sure that I would change it. Mm -hmm. um, even with all the ups and all the downs, uh, it has just been such an interesting way to arrive at where I am and because it has been so different I've picked up these skills along the way that I'm able to use in my coaching that I'm not sure I would have if I didn't follow that absolutely path. I mean so many times on you know when I'm talking to a guest on the on the podcast they they you know they look back and they I mean it's just very convoluted you know, very, you know, like circuitous route that they've taken to get to the, if, if you actually mapped it out, it would look like, you know, a little child just scribbling on it. <laughs> but they can look back and they can see how all these pieces kind of fit together in this, you know, like I've, I've used the term before, like a, a beautiful mosaic, you know, to yes. really create this, this complete, you know, the, the last puzzle piece, you know, that, that fits. So, so you, you took a year off and you did not know going into that year that this was what it was going to look like coming oh, on the other oh. year. So, so yeah. kind of walk us through quickly through that, that year and what was the, the aha moment that you had or, you know, the light that you saw. Um, that is, that's a, that's funny because I'm, I'm sure that they were like little aha moments throughout. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it was really was a year that I was just exploring everything that I didn't do. Like for so many years, I was just, I was immersed in medicine. That That's all I did. That's all I spoke about. That's all I, um, all I studied. So I literally just went, I'm like, what have I been missing? What have I always wanted to do that? I'm like, Oh, you know, if I was a housewife and I had t- all the time in the world, not nothing's wrong with housewives, but if I had all the time in the world, what mm-hmm. would I do? So I picked up Bikram yoga. Um, I really got into like wellness. I started researching that relationship between food and health, which mm-hmm. was so undervalued in medicine. Right. You do a lot of like physiology and pharmacology and, and pathology, but not necessarily like the the impact that diet has on disease and especially the chronic osteopathy yes, <laughs> yeah. so so that was an eye-opener for me um i started crossfit i i turned paleo like it was just a whole 180 degree in my lifestyle and how i live uh and it, and it was a lot of fun and i traveled a lot with my then boyfriend um and just really really took some time to there's a lot of processing that goes on for anyone who changes path, whether it's careers or life paths and giving yourself that time, I realize is just priceless. So yeah. That was a gift. And every time that you had a disagreement, I mean, he was probably scared to cross you because I mean, you, you're working out and doing CrossFit. Stuff <laughs> like you might be able to take him. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a pretty big guy as well. That is, that is not, that is not for the weak of heart of, to, uh, CrossFit is, you know, its own brand of, of, uh, self-torture, I think. <laughs> wow. That's, that's great. So, so you, you know, you explored a lot of things and you kind of ended out on the other side. So I, one, one note that I'm, I made myself to, to ask you, because I kind of looking back at your bio and, and kind of, you know, trying to piece together pieces before we, we had our chat tonight. And so normally when you go into coaching, it's, it's really as a result of kind of taking this, I mean, especially like a business coach or, or a business lifestyle coach or whatever. So, so am I, am I wrong in assuming that you kind of sped that process up? It seems like to me that, that you kind of came out on the back end of that year, you had some things figured out and then you, did you go into coaching almost immediately or did you try like run some online businesses for a while, do a little affiliate stuff, a little SEO, whatever, whatever you're doing. And then as these things worked, then you went into coaching. So what was the, what was the path there? Uh, uh, Fortunately or unfortunately, it was a bit more circuitous than, than that, Kevin. Isn't, it, isn't everything. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, when I uh, kind of finished my taking my time off, uh, we actually moved back to Cayman uh, within that about year to year and a half. Um, my husband, Kevin, he got a job here. What a great name. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, you know, before coming on the podcast, I'm like, I am not forgetting his name. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I mean, you, you, when you talk to me about moving back, you can say, look, you can stay here and watch it rain as, as pretty as it is here, <laughs> as nice as the pubs are on a nice rain, rainy night, or you can come to the Cayman Islands. I mean, <laughs> wow. So, um, it, it, it was definitely, it was uh, definitely another upheaval time in my life. My father had just recently passed away as well. So he unfortunately didn't get to see me graduate medical school. Um, and so I just kind of wanted to come home, kind of get back my ground, spend some time with my mom and just get back like a base. Um, sure. Fortunately, my husband got a job uh, 
he had one secured before we landed. And so when I came back, that's when I started sort of polishing off the resume, doing some interviews. And then that's where I landed the job in health insurance. Um, and that's when I became medical director for one of the public health insurers here. Um, and that was, it was really interesting. It was a really great job. And it was really funny because everyone who thought, um, you know, I, I left medicine, took this year off to travel and do Bikram yoga, um, who thought I'd sort of gone off the deep end, they, they sort of breathed a sigh of relief. She's back to normal. I landed this corporate job. It's very respectable, has a good salary. Like, okay, you know, okay, all done. All done. <laughs> As the Brits would say, done and dusted. <laughs> done and dusted. Um, but as, you're, as you know, the story doesn't end there. Uh, and it really was, it was, it was an amazing job. Um, the more I got into it, the more interesting it got. Also, the longer hours that it got as sure. well. Um, one of the reasons I didn't want to continue doing medicine was because it was, it was so time consuming for my mm -hmm. life. My family is really important to me. I'm having a lifestyle that I love. Traveling is really important. That stuff that gets really limited when you're in medicine. Right. Um, moved to the corporate job. I was working about 80, 90 hours a week. And eventually I started feeling, I just sort of switched my stethoscope for a desk. Yeah. Really and truly. And that, that same sort of feeling like I'm meant for more than this mm -hmm. um, started coming up. And, and again, you know, it was sort of like... Um, I gave myself a hard time for sure. I was like, you know what, Kalela, like, you know, you, you left medicine high and dry. You're super lucky to land on your feet like this. No way are you giving this up. And again, we're not listening to that intuition. I, that's right. I can hear that internal voice going on in your head going, no, 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 we're not going to do this again. No, I, I let you do it the first time, but you are not doing this again. It's almost like your mother is standing on your shoulder, you know, wagging a little finger at you going, no, no, no. Yes. No, we, we pay good money for you to go to school. We're not young. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so, you know, it was like, well, if I did quit, you know, what would I do? You know, this time I'm not quitting without a plan. So, you know, nothing sort of happened, uh, stayed in. And then that feeling sort of grew as well. And it's, it's a little bit of, you know, like when you're just, you're not feeling fulfilled, you're not getting joy and you're spending so much time at something, it wears away at you after a while. Absolutely. And so many of our listeners are going to, I mean, you're, you're really speaking to a very deep part of their, of their psyche and their spirit in by saying that. So, so please go on. Thank you. Cause it, it, it is something that I didn't pay attention to because I didn't want it to be happening. I'm just like, oh my goodness, why can I not just be happy? Like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> and all of this is going on in my head. And, you know, it came to a point where I'm like, I'm, I'm working super long hours. Yes, I'm making an impact, but I'm also stuck chairing or, or in meetings that I don't want to be in. I'm, I'm attached to my phone, even when I'm home, even on vacation. Yeah. Um, and it just, it just got to a point where I'm like, I need something different. And so I did think about, do I want to get another job? You know, do I want to look around there? But it really came down to, I needed a better lifestyle. And I knew right. any job that I would want, like around that level, it's going to be more or less the same. Take or leave a few. Right. A few right. Um, and when you get to the point where 
you know, you're just dreading Mondays that your Sundays are starting to get ruined and you're working so hard that anytime you spend with your family, you're exhausted and you're grumpy. Like that's, you know, your soul saying something needs to change there. I thought that was just old age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I, I saw that. Yeah. I mean, you, you walked us up to that point that where, where there was kind of this repetitive cycle that you were, you were feeling that, yeah. I mean, you just changed address, you just changed, you know, career, but it was still the same cycle. Um, so, so take us to that point that you kind of stepped off that conveyor belt and said, okay, this is what it's going to look like now. So um, I don't know if your if your listeners have ever had this feeling, but it was one night I was staying up really late. My husband had already gone to bed and, and you know, that feeling that you're staying up late because you don't want to go to sleep because then if you go to sleep, you have to wake up the next morning. Exactly. Yeah. Up to get ready to go to work to a job that you don't want to go to back on the hamster wheel yeah yeah so i'm there you know scrolling through social media scrolling through a bunch of stuff and i come across like online coaching and it's something never had been in like my hemisphere before um didn't know anything about it and when i started looking into it i realized i was like this is for me it was like for a, a couple minutes like the clouds cleared and the sun mm. shone through and, and just you know you're like I could totally do that. That is exactly what I want to do. I want to be able to coach people in something that I'm passionate about, like make those deep connections, right. help them make those changes and transformations. And it was that impact and fulfillment that I realized that I'd been missing the whole time, um, whether it was in medicine. And, and, you know, when you're in medicine and you have a clinic and you have 60 patients to see, you can't spend that time with right. the patients that you right. want to um same in the corporate world everyone is just you know get this project done this is all that really matters because um, something's right behind it that's exactly absolutely. absolutely so when i when i saw this and i realized like one of my strengths is connecting on a deeper level with other mm -hmm. people it's really pinpointing like what is something that they're struggling with and how to give them the motivation and the accountability and that support to get them through it i'm like this is for me so I think it was probably about a year after that is when I handed in my three months resignation notice. So you, you carried on in your, in your job for a year and maybe kind of, I mean, every time not you would get home and try to put the phone away and you would be on Google going, okay, what is this coaching thing again? And let me, yeah. let me maybe take, okay, there's a free course here. I can, I can take it and I can get started. This one's $9. I can kind of justify this one. I'm going to the 497 course, you know, so this one's six weeks. I'm, I'm getting pretty close here. So how did you, how did you decide what to, what to focus on? I mean, coaching is a very broad category. I mean, uh, and you're probably going to tell me, well, actually, I just kind of looked at my past and thought, what are the pieces that I could put together and, and you know, coach people on? So, but I, it, this is your interview, not mine. So I don't want to put it <laughs> Well, actually, I knew like wellness was a big part of my life. And it, and it was actually one of the main reasons why I went to medical school in the first place, because like health and wellness has always been really important to me. Right. And I sort of lost sight of that when I was in medicine and I was working those long hours. I wasn't taking care of myself, getting the sleep or the nutrition or the exercise. Yeah. And now, you know, I was out of medicine in the corporate world. I'm still doing CrossFit. I'm still like eating paleo. It, it, it was, um, I moved to really researching organic versus non-organic, gluten mm -hmm. versus non-gluten. Um, I absolutely loved it. And I'm like, the natural fit would be to go into wellness consulting and coaching. And that is, that is what I initially moved into. Um, 
And it is something, it was a passion of mine. It had been a passion for years. Uh, I made sure to go out and get a coaching certification because I thought that, you know, that all coaches needed that. Yeah. Um, and that is what I started in. And how I got from wellness coaching, consulting to business coaching is that the majority of my clients, we would spend half of our time together dealing with work stress. And, and, and I absolutely love supporting them in that. Um, because wellness is, is a, I'm not just talking about calories or nutrition or exercise, like it's a whole holistic approach to people. And I realized that, um, that work was really interfering in people's lives, like more than just a nine to five or an eight to six, like this, this was having ripple effects to their relationships with their families, with their friends, with their health, with what they thought about themselves. And we would be spending so much of our time. I mean, and it's all about supporting the client and that, on work stuff, whether it is uh, office politics or drama, whether it is actual like office politics mm -hmm. or um, things going on, promotions that they didn't get. We were, we were talking about that things going on in the office and how the stress is impacting their health. I mean, stress is the baseline for almost all chronic diseases, inflammation, stress. Um, and that kind of got me thinking, I'm like, I need, I need a better way to help my clients. Like, I am really happy to help them work through the stress of work so that we can get to working on your health and your wellness and your nutrition. Right, exactly. But I'm like, how can I help you better though? And, and that's where the business coaching came into for, for women who want to start an online coaching business. This is how I best support you. This is how I feel I best support you. Like it encompasses everything that I have done on my journey. Like it, it like the skills of dealing with like high pressure um, situations from medicine, from the corporate world, like dealing with uh, the whole corporate packages, coming into wellness, making sure that wellness is part of growing your coaching business. So you're not just growing this business, but sacrificing your health. Like, everything it sort of comes full circle that i want to help people live a better healthier life and this is this is one of my favorite and one of my best ways that i'm able to do that i'm gonna i'm gonna circle back with you in about a year because i want to find out what you're doing a year from now because there seems to be a little pattern here where you're kind of rotating through things like that i i just have this this like this big picture kind of rolling you know in life okay, what am is it going to roll toward now but so you started out in the coaching side of things, certainly in the wellness uh, kind of spectrum, and then you thought, well, hey, there, you know, all my clients, their the work stress is affecting their lives. I've got to deal with the stress before we can deal with, you know, the the second half before they can get well. So the business coaching was that born out of the fact that you were the i mean was that was your expertise in in coaching business born out of the fact that you had been a successful wellness coach yeah so absolutely. isn't it amazing how how all these things are just kind of it's like a stairs it's like a you know taking stairs upward i mean there's this <laughs> it's just building on itself there's foundation layers you know so so today though you are you are I mean, people come to you primarily as a business coach or primarily as a business coach that teaches wellness or, or well, I mean, is, are there two channels to you like the wellness channel and the business channel or strictly as a business coach? 
that's a great question. It's over, over time, my business has evolved into business coaching. Um, and I do have a new package that I am offering new coaches who want to start their online coaching business. I still do some wellness consulting and coaching, and mm-hmm. that is by referral only. If people are like, I really want to hire you, sure. I'm not going to say no. Right. That. Um, but primarily it is with the business coaching. It's, it's something that I love and something that, that lights me up in a way that everything else that I've tried in the past hasn't done. Like right. when I'm coaching clients one-on-one with them, when they say, yeah, they just landed their first client. Like, like, it's like, it's like their success is my success. I, I absolutely love it. When they start handing in their resignation letter and they know it's like countdown time, it is just, I know what they're going through because I went through exactly. it. Exactly. So More than once. <laughs> That's right. You're a trained professional at making that transition. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask a million dollar question here that I'm sure our listeners are going to want to know too. And, and you know, in this, in this setting or it's a nice safe space, it's a safe Harvard. There is no such thing as a stupid question. But you're going to, after I ask this, you're going to go, well, yeah, actually there is a stupid question. No, no, no. So I have no problem at all imagining how a business coach makes money. I have a lot of, a lot of, of uh, difficulty imagining how a wellness coach makes money. I mean, Ooh. so if I, let's say I, I'm not eating right. I mean, and I call you and you go, yeah, I'm going to charge you $100 an hour to tell you what to eat. And I'm going, can I just not Google that? I mean, is that a, is that a, a ridiculous question? I mean, how, how do you, I mean, how do you frame that with a value proposition? You know, I mean, a, a business owner, you say, hey, I can increase your bottom line by 10% or, you know, we can, we can lay a, a much better foundation. So your, your revenue is going to build that type of thing. So I'm, so that's that's my uh, stupid question of the, yeah, of the episode. No. So. Kevin, that is actually a great question because it is. You're just being nice. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> not. Absolutely. Actually, actually, on I came across this article the other day, and it was um, someone who who wasn't in the coaching industry, who didn't really sort of understand what what business coaches do, and they thought that like their interpretation of it was business coaching is sort of like. Um, an MLM pyramid. Sure, exactly. Yeah. This business coach teaches, this business coach teaches, right. this business coach. And, you know, I, I could understand where that person was coming from because that's how it could look. But the differences and what I find so empowering about coaching is you're empowering that person to do what feels right for them. Um, I don't make money off my clients from their businesses. Right. Um, it's literally just what my packages are they pay and then we ride together to make mm-hmm. this happen. That's great. Um, yeah. And it's funny because most, I'd say half of my clients are health and wellness coaches. And it is interesting that you mentioned that, you know, with a business coaching that you could, you could justify uh, your, your pricing a lot easier than, than, than a wellness or health coach. And I would say, um, they're they're equal or even it could be easier with a wellness or health coach if you have someone coming to you um, who maybe is you know money finances are not an issue but mm-hmm. they have uh, you know they have Crohn's disease or sure. they're severely overweight and they're at a high risk of cardiovascular disease and um, the doctor says you know they're one burger away from a heart attack like that stuff that 
that money can't pay for like like when we start talking about our mortality like the dollars grow out the window and you're just like just just i need you're exactly right to, to you're get exactly right what a what a great clarification <laughs> thank you and and i would i would even go out on a limb to say that if you're able to show that level of value on how you can change someone's life no matter the niche in your coaching you will be able to charge high ticket prices and that's the question i get a lot from new coaches like you know do i have to be charging 29 dollars a session or 50 dollars a session it's like you do not have to lowball your prices right if you are able to offer and show someone and paint that picture of the value um, that you are giving them but I mean, you, you've, you started with a little bit of an unfair advantage, though, because, I mean, not many of us would have the letter M and D after our names, <laughs> you know, that as far as the nutrition is concerned. Or something, I mean, I'm, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not, you know, trained in nutrition or that type of thing. I mean, I've se I see so many people out there that say, hey, I stopped eating bacon and I lost 10 pounds and now I'm a nutritionist, you know, so and I'm, I mean, then I see you know, your credentials, I say, no, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I had no, there was no question in my mind that you could make that work. I'm just saying, you know, there's, there's hundreds of people out there, thousands that I, you know, see float through in my Facebook feed that say, I'm wellness. I'm, you know, I'm, it's, this diet is the, is the, you know, the panacea for all ills. And, you know, just one right after the other, I'm thinking, you know, you were doing something else you know, a year ago, six months ago, three months ago, you'll be doing something else in six months, that type of thing. So it just, it seemed like there was just kind of a glut of, you know, of coaches in that space that were all kind of trying to get some momentum, you know? Um, and it just seemed like that it, it would, I mean, that like, obviously from my naivety, you know, that, that I was speaking out of ignorance that, you know, it was just, it would be easier to, to talk to say a business person and say, Hey, I can help you you know, generate more revenue, generate more leads, generate more sales, you know, all these kind of metrics that, that we can measure. But I mean, I, I love your explanation because it, you're exactly right. I mean, uh, you convinced me halfway through your answer that I, you know, I obviously didn't know. I mean, I was convinced when I even asked the question, I didn't know what I was talking about, but, but you, you, you drove that stake home. So well, that, that is, that is a really good observation, Kevin, and a really good question as well, because that is something that people like the, the online coaching industry has just blown up over mm. the last like half a decade to decade. Yeah. And I think now it's about, no, actually, this is a 2016 statistic that it's a $2 billion industry and mm. it only has continued to rise exponentially. So yep. there, there are a lot of coaches and there are also a lot of people looking for coaches. And right. so I think, you know, on one hand, the credentials are, are really important. Um, I have seen certified coaches who, who are not perhaps the most, the best, most experienced. They're not, they're not, uh, they're not able to support their clients in a, in a way um, that the clients want them to. I've seen coaches who are not officially certified, but who are um, providing results. And I think this is actually something that I go through with each one of my clients. Like if they're considering, should I go for a coaching certification? Should I, sh should I not go for a coaching certification? Um, there are pros and cons to everything. It depends on you as a person. It depends on the type of services that you're offering as well. Consulting services, um, which a lot of people mix up coaching and consulting. Right, they're, very, uh, just, they're vastly different, yeah. Just for your listeners, in case they're not aware, uh, coaching is so 
coaching is where you're working one-on-one um, -on -one or with a group of clients where you're able to ask the right question, ask the deep questions to find out from your clients what is their best next step um, and work with them to put together a plan. Uh, if you are consulting on something, that means that you are the expert. You come in, you assess what's going on, um, and you give your advice as to this is what should happen and the person or the client needs to execute. Um, there are a lot of coaches that do overlap, but again, mm -hmm. I'm always very careful. Like if you are doing overlap, let your, let your client know you're putting on your consulting hat. Yeah. And this is what you recommend. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think qualifications are one thing. I think being able to get results and building that reputation is, is another thing as well. Like you, you want to be an effective coach. Um, otherwise, as you said, you're just, you know, pinging like a ping ball back and right, forth. Exactly. Throwing anything at the wall that hope, hopefully yeah. something sticks. But yeah. I, mean, I love the distinction between consulting and coaching. I mean, I've always kind of looked at that like a consultant comes in and tells you what you're doing wrong and a coach is, is encouraging you to do more <laughs> things right. You know, a consultant's looking at the situation and a coach is looking at the individual. I mean, there's just so many, you know, distinctions that, you know, that you can you could continue to, to clarify the difference, you know, between those two. But I, I have uh, chased so many rabbits that because your questions have been, you know, have such depth and, and you know, there's so much um, temptation for me to ask follow-up questions. And I, I'm like, taking, I'm, taking, I'm expanding the chat, you know, beyond the, the limits of what we, we were fully intended. But I, I, um, what I, what I don't want to do is I don't want to, to take up your time here near the end of our interview that, uh, you know, the section that we, we talked about before that, that we just recently started doing this kind of our micro course uh, area of the chat. And I really want you to just take this space and, you know, as you're talking to, you know, maybe potential coaching clients that, that uh, you know, that might be looking to get into this space, um, the floor is yours. You, you, you. Let me do your little mini TED talk right here for us on <laughs> the coaching space, and you know, just let me know how you want to title it, and and it's all yours. Thank you, thank you, Kevin. Uh, this is really, really interesting because the coaching industry, as I said, it is booming, and everyone is sort of. I'm going to say everyone. A lot of people are coming out saying, "How do I get into it? How do I get a piece of it?" Um, and one of the biggest questions I get is like, like. You know, if we use health coach or wellness coach as an example, I want to be a health or wellness coach, but I know a thousand and five other health and wellness coaches out there. Sure. Um, what's what's going to make me any different? And one of the things that I would say to that is, you, we all have a gift of coaching. It's whether we choose to use it or not, but we all have an area of expertise, of passion, and we share that with our clients in our own way so i would never say that because there are a hundred other coaches in your niche out there that you shouldn't do it i would say and and and, and it's so funny because one of my quotes that i absolutely love is right a rising tide raises all ships and so when i saw your podcast, i've never heard that before i use it every episode <laughs> Goodness, you know and, and my follow-on does you know rising tide raises all shifts and there is no competition only collaboration mm. um, it is not a zero-sum game there is enough abundance for everyone and more and when you go in with that mindset then you realize like you you have a unique gift that no one else can share with you in your way uh, can connect with your clients in your way 
Um, and that is something to keep in mind. If you ever think that, <clears throat> if any of your listeners are ever thinking that, well, I'd love to go and be a finance coach, but there are a thousand other finance coaches in my personal Facebook feed. Um, there is only one of you and there's a reason there's only one of you and that's what we use to your advantage. Right. Um, so I just wanted to share three quick tips uh, with your listeners. If, if any uh, sort of ambitious introverted millennial ladies are thinking of stepping into the coaching industry or, or what that's about. Um, the first thing I, I would say, if you're looking into launching your coaching business is number one, choosing a niche or um, if you're in the States, choosing a niche uh, however you choose <laughs> we spent time in France so I have to say niche <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know I, the reason is because we were talking about this earlier your, your coaching skills the coaching skills transcend the niches absolutely but when you choose a niche there are definitely um, incredible benefits to that number one being you're able to build a reputation uh, with a solid, consistent target audience. Mm -hmm. um, and number two, you're able to build content, build your business around that. Um, it does not, as, uh, as some people believe, it does not limit the amount of clients that you get. It actually increases the amount of clients that you get because you're able to drill down and really nail those pain points and desires that your clients, uh, your ideal clients want. Um, and the example I like to give of that, because it is a little bit counterintuitive when you're like, I want as many clients as possible, so I don't want to niche down. Mm -hmm. And the example I like to give is um, the one you know, we're all familiar with, Amazon.com. Sure. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Kevin, way back, I'm talking like late 90s, early 2000, Amazon was the primary place to buy books online. Like that's mm -hmm. all they did. Right. They were, they dominated the space in that there was nowhere else to buy books. They had the best customer service um, and they were able to dominate that market. So when they started adding on other services, they started selling household goods. They started selling electronics. They started um, selling you know, a whole, whole range of, of other things. They became a one-stop shop for everything in the world. I think maybe the only thing you can't buy is a house on there. Um, but I literally think you can buy everything else on Amazon. They were able to do that because they built such a solid foundation and such right. a solid yeah. um, pride from selling books and from dominating that niche, from becoming the go-to with the best customer service. When they started adding on all these other niches, people just automatically went to them. If they sell that as good as they sell their books, I'm going to be sticking with yep. them. Yep. And so that's, that's sort of, um, why having a niche is hugely beneficial if you're looking to launch your coaching business. Um, and people ask, how do I find out like what niche I should be in? Um, asking yourself a few different questions to journal about it, to really explore is one of the best ways. And one of the first questions I would say to ask yourself is, is to ask, um, what can you talk about for hours on it like what is it that you love that if someone started a conversation with you two hours would go by and you wouldn't even notice um you kind of get an indication as to what topics you're super passionate about what topics you have a lot of knowledge on, mm -hmm. on and you have yeah. a lot of experience on. Um, the second question uh, to ask yourself would be what questions do people come to me for like like what am i the go-to person for because sometimes a lot of people say, I, I don't have an expertise. I don't have a passion. I don't even know how to answer that question. Um, sometimes an easier way first is to look at that external validation and say, what are other people coming to you for? Mm -hmm. 
It's good. And usually you, you would know, like everyone comes to me because I'm the best baker um, in the family or on the block. You, you, people uh, sometimes find this question a bit easier. And then number three, um, what do you enjoy helping others do? Because that's essentially what coaching is. We're here to support our clients in whatever niche you choose. It's about supporting them and getting from A to B. And what do you enjoy helping people do? And that is step number one is what I'd say, first of all, get your niche down, get super focused and honed in on that. And then number two, getting really clear on your messaging, on your visibility, on your voice that you're using, because this is where we start looking at your like branding that personality, branding your business. Um, and we want to make sure that we're doing it authentically. One of the things that I work with my clients on is getting that genuine voice, authentically branding their business. So they're not hiding behind some veneer of generic or, you know, how you, how to look like a thousand other coaches is to not brand your personality, not let your quirks and your uniqueness come out because that is, that's what your ideal clients connect with. They want to know what's different about you than, than other coaches. You may have the same certifications as a coach. You may be in the same niche or similar niche as another coach, but maybe your personality vibes a lot better with someone. And, and that's what we want to make sure that we're getting out along with your expertise. Can I, can I stop you there just for a second? What, what is the, what is your individual unique selling point? What's your, what's your USP? What, what, do people see when they first see you, they first hear you, they first see you, they first go to your website, what's the thing that you think is the initial attractant for, for a, a potential client? Ah, I love that question. And it's actually something that I get a lot of feedback on. So I really specialize in working with introverted, empath, highly sensitive women because I'm an introvert, I'm an empath, I'm a highly sensitive woman. And it's something that I struggled with when I got into the entrepreneur space because I'm sure you're aware, there are a lot of extroverted entrepreneurs. There are a lot of entrepreneurs who follow the sort of bro culture way of running a business. Uh, and for someone who's an introvert and, and who's on the quiet side, uh, <laughs> it doesn't vibe so well. <laughs> hey, we loud bros. Don't we have a space somewhere too? <laughs> So I, I create, you know, this, 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 this cozy space is the safe space for introverted women who want to have a successful business, but, but, but dread the thought of networking, of, of getting out there. And, and that's where I excel at. I, I love that. I mean, I think you, you, you finally arrived at like the one word descriptor, cozy. <laughs> what a great description. So I'm, I did not mean to, to throw you off. You were talking about point number two, kind of where you're clarifying your voice and your message. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, kind of pits, yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, you know, exactly that question, Kevin. It's like sort of like what makes you unique? How do we brand that? How do we get that out to your ideal client? Um, and one of the ways that we make sure that you're that 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 clients are writing in their voice is that um, they're authentic with their writing, like they're not just sort of uh, writing or sharing content, whether it's videos or writing or, or podcast or audio. Um, based off of what they heard, sure. but that sharing their own stories, their own transformation, the transformations of their clients. This does a few different things. It, it really, it starts highlighting how they're different from other coaches and it also shares their expertise mm. that this is, this is what they have gone through and this is how they've gone to the other side and how they help their clients get right. to the other side. Right. Um, 
so I get the question all the time, what content to share? Like, should it should be top tips? Should it be how to's? And the first, the first recommendation I make is always ask your audience. Like we as online entrepreneurs, we have an idea in our head as to what we think we should write, but your audience is going to have a different idea as to, to exactly. what, what you want to write. Um, an example of that that I had recently, uh, one client, she's a finance coach and she wanted to share content and she had been sharing content, sort of how to, um, you know, optimize your IRA, your Roth IRA, that, that, that sort of thing. And um, she was saying she wasn't getting any traction. No one seemed to be interested, uh, but she pulled her audience um, and her, she's like, this is what my audience want. And I said, what were the words when you pulled your audience? What were the words that they used? She's like, yeah, they want to like, they want to know how to retire with, with money. They want to know how to optimize their retirement money. And I'm like, that's the wording that you need to be using. Yes. You may be sharing the exact same thing, but your audience is looking for that exact wording, that exact right. phrase. That's how you connect right. on a deeper level with right. them. So she changed it up. She started getting engagements, started booking discovery calls. It's, it's little things like that that make a big difference. Um, to people's uh, connection with their target audience. And the third step I would say, and if you're looking to launch an online coaching business is uh, to learn how to make selling feel fun and easy. And this is something I spend a lot of time with my clients because at the end of the day, we are running a business. So whether you're, you're a health coach, um, whether you're a mindset coach or you're a habit coach or you know, you're, you're, you're a healer, um, you have to make sales to, to, to keep in business. And from my own path of making sales, uh, from my own investment coaches, I thought that hard selling was the only way to sell. Like when you get people on the phone and you don't hang up, so we get their credit card. Um, I was cold calling. It was, I thought that was the only way to make sales. And so mm. it's something that I struggled with at the beginning in my business. And it's only through work with a multitude of different coaches, really, really uh, honoring my, my introverted, my empath self that I was able to create a sales process that worked for me and that does feel fun and easy. And that is something that I work on with my clients because if we can make sales feel fun, if we can make it feel like really natural and genuine, then you end up making more sales. Especially for introverts because they're not going to naturally, I mean, they're, they're not, it, it's, it's very difficult for them to put themselves out there anyway. And if they do it in a pushy way, they're, they're thinking, I'm offending everybody. I'm going to, I, I, I wouldn't like it if some people did this to me. So why am I doing this to somebody else? So I love the, I love the way you kind of catch that third point. So let me recap real quick. You're, so this is really just how do you, how do you launch an online, online coaching business? I mean, the, kind of the three, three top steps or three initial steps. And one is just, you know, choose your niche wisely, kind of niche down almost, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but almost niche down till it hurts you know, yeah. type thing. So uh, the second is really, how do you clarify your voice and, and your message? Or how do you, you know, how do you, I guess, uh, give voice to your unique selling proposition, you know? And then the third is really launch something that, that generates sales in a, in a really an easy and a fun way, you know, as, yeah. as you were talking about. So, and um, within that, that uh, the niching, you know, there were, you know, how do you arrive at, at finding your niche and how do you, you know, build your reputation and, and really create quality content around that around that niche space within that. So, um, what a great uh, summary of you know how to launch an online business and and this will be you know on YouTube as a as kind of a separate you know video 
Um, that, that is just, you know, specifically geared at people that are really interested in this particular topic. So, uh, Kalayla, thank you so much for just taking the time today and, and uh, just, it's been a, you've been a delight to have on the show and, and uh, you know, you've made me smile the whole, the whole show here. But um, is there anything that I haven't touched on that you just want to add here right at the end? Uh, just, you know, Give us a one or two line to wrap up and then tell people where you, they can find you online. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the last thing I, I want to leave with, with any of your listeners, um, whether you're looking to become an online coach or not, um, whether you're looking to become an online entrepreneur or brick and mortar art entrepreneur, whether you're looking to up-level your career, um, I came across this quote um, early on in my entrepreneur experience, and it really sort of helped me focus on what I needed to do for success. And the quote, the quote follows as this, with the right action, mindset, and support, your success is inevitable. And that follows no matter your, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in the corporate world, whether you're, you're, you're in the professional world, whether I'm sure if you're in like the research world, same thing if you're in the political world, if you take the right action, you have the right mindset and you're getting the right support, your success is inevitable. And I just find that quote so empowering for me. If I, if I ever find that I'm feeling like stuck um, or you know, I'm not getting the outcomes that I'm looking for, if I go back to, am I taking the right action? Do I have the right mindset around this? And am I getting the right support? If I make sure that those three are, three are covered, then I know it's all gonna be fine. Wow, what a what a great way to wrap it up. I mean, you just gave us a freebie there. We got a buy one get one free micro course. We got another <laughs> one right there at the end. So, where's the where's the best place to find you online? Um, yeah, so I actually have a free workbook for coaches who are looking to get into coaching but may not feel uh, that confident with their skills. And so, I have a free workbook called um, "Unlock Instant Confidence to Attract Clients Now," and people can get that at bit.ly slash unlock confidence. Um, and that is, you can go grab it, download it and use it right away. I've gotten a lot of good feedback from that. Um, it's a freebie, but I also let my clients know about it sure. because it, it, it is, such, especially if you do not have an entrepreneur background, moving into the entrepreneur space and trying to coach your passion, it, it, it can be a challenging transition and, and having that base, having that solid confidence is going to make everything a lot easier and a lot quicker happening. Right. Well, we will make sure that that link is in the show notes that's attached to the, to the episode when it goes live. And once again, I just want to thank you so much for just taking the time tonight and, and just really sharing your, your life story with us. And there's this kind of the circuitous pathway that you covered um, so well, so eloquently, but you know, I, I'm going to just recap one of your favorite quotes. I just, I just want to thank you again for just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Kalela, thank you and have a great evening. Thank you so much, Kevin, for having me. <laughs>